This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Here we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent, and you're listening to the LJS Podcast. Welcome from all around the world, everyone who's listening, whether it's from our website, learnjazzstandards.com, iTunes, or any other podcast listening service. We are so happy you're here, so happy you're listening. The LGS Podcast is a podcast where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. We're all about giving out free jazz education. If you go to our website, learnjazzstandards.com, we publish weekly blog articles, lessons, uh, and advice on our website. Now, today is our one-year birthday. This one year ago from today, we started the LJS podcast. So it's a huge day, huge special show plan. I've been talking about it for the last several uh, episodes. And on today's show, we have eight guests joining us. That's eight We've never had more than two guests on this show before at once. And the topic is is very special. It, it might seem weird for a birthday episode, a celebratory episode, but the topic is failures, musical failures, and what you learn from them. And so today I asked these special guests, what musical failures have they had? What musical failures, setbacks, struggles have they had? How did they overcome them? And what did they learn from them? Because I truly believe that failures are the number one thing that can help us improve. I'm going to go way more into that uh, in a second. But this is a really special episode, so please stay to the end. I have, All of these guests are uh, musicians I highly respect. They're, they're all professional musicians. Um, incredibly talented individuals with a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, and I know you're going to get a lot from them. And at the end of the show, I'm also going to tell you about my biggest musical failure, what I learned from it, how I overcame it. So, so excited. Now, let's talk a little bit about this podcast for a second. One year ago, I decided to start this podcast along with the LGS team. The tech guy on on the LGS team, uh, Justin Keller, he had been bothering me for a long time. Brent, you need to start the podcast for Learn Jazz Standards. It's really important that you do the podcasting. You need to do this, man. And I kept brushing him off a little bit, but eventually he convinced me and I said, okay, you know what? Let's give this a try. We're going to start the podcast and a year from now, let's see how it went. Did, did the audience like the show? You know, did they even care to be listening to me talk all the time? Uh, and the truth is, he was 
incredibly right because as of today, we get an average of 26,000 downloads a month, which is incredible for the first year of a podcast. That's not even including Facebook Live. That's not including YouTube. So I want to thank all of you for listening. You guys are the ones who made this show work. You're the ones who, who have kept it going those of you who have been listening from the beginning or at any point in time have become regular listeners. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting it. Uh, we really, really have appreciated it over this last year. So thank you. Uh, if you want to give back to the LGS podcast, if you want to give us a, a birthday gift today, uh, there's really two things that you can do. The first one is you can go to iTunes Leave us a rating and a review. It helps so much, helps other people find this podcast when you leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Incredibly helpful. So if you want to give back today, that's the first thing that you can do. The second thing that you can do today is become part of our jazz community. I offer this every single week. You can go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter and sign up to be a part of our jazz community. Uh, that would be of great help to you and of great help to us, and for doing that, we're going to give you a gift. We're going to give you our our jazz guide to practicing. Uh, it's a free ebook uh, just for you, and it really has tons of tips and advice for practicing and getting the very most out of your practice sessions. All right, now usually at this time in the show, we would do our weekly segment called Ask LGS. And if you don't know what Ask LGS is, is listeners like you call into our podcast questions hotline, leave us a voicemail with the jazz question you have, and it could be answered on a future LGS podcast episode. Now this week, I, I, I regret to say we are not going to have Ask LGS because we have seven guests on the show today and it's going to take uh, uh, quite a bit. We have a lot to get through and so I don't want to take up too much time. Um, so I really apologize to those that have called into the, the hotline this week and left questions and we're listening, really hoping to hear their question answered. Don't worry, we're going to get to them uh, in future episodes. Uh, I really appreciate your patience. But just because we don't have it today doesn't mean that you can't call in for a question to be answered in the future. So call our podcast question ho- questions hotline. That's 910-LGS cast or 910-557-2278 doesn't matter what question it is uh, and no question is a bad question to ask and if I don't know the answer I will find someone who does know the answer so call our podcast questions hotline it's 910-557-2278 Okay, now we're going to jump right into our show today. I have seven guests on. I asked them the question, what failures have you had? How did you overcome them? And what did you learn from them? Really excited. Here we go. All right, now really quickly before I bring on our first guest today, I want to say that I actually reached out to a bunch of people and there was a few that um, responded back to me and said, Brent, I really wish I could help you out, but you know, it still stings too much. I can't share this story. It just it's, it's still too much for me. Uh, really sorry. And you know, failures really hurt. I mean, they really hurt and there's, there's a lot that we can learn from our failures um, but you know, I, I, I don't blame those uh, musicians for not sharing. And I, I really want to thank the musicians that did share, 
uh, their stories and their failures because um, not only have they provided great value to me, they've provided great value to you and have allowed themselves to be vulnerable. So a big thanks to our guests. Now, the first guest we're going to come on uh, to the show actually has been on a recent episode. This is jazz pianist Keelan Dimmick, and he was on episode 50, uh, How to Become an Expert Jazz Comper. So you can go back to that show and listen to that if you're interested. Uh, he's a prof- professional jazz pianist. He's getting his master's at uh, the Frost School of Music in Miami, Florida. This is Keelan Dimmick. Hey, LearnJazzStandards.com. Keelan Dimmick here, teaching assistant at Frost School of Music at the University of Miami here in Florida. Uh, my greatest setback in my former years was not being able to read music very well. Um, I came from a tradition where my teacher just showed me chords on the piano voicings and he didn't explain really the theory behind it or you know ever give me any written material. So I get to college and people are throwing you know original compositions in front of me and I'm having a very hard time reading them. Um, and being in that space and being humiliated time after time after time forces you to get better at the thing that you're struggling with. I think the brain actually is functioning at a, at a different pace, you know, or different um, level, so you're able to learn things faster, and, and um, that's basically what happened. So after experiencing that many times and not being able to play in the big bands, which was frustrating, you know, I got it together. So I would say if you're ever feeling, you know, um, down on something and you want to, you know, you want to get better, you know, instead of getting too upset about it, just realize that it's not a big deal. You'll get it together at some point, but life might, you know, throw some things your way that will make you feel uncomfortable for a while until you have it together. But it's it's like a balancing act, you know. That happens, and then you figure it out. So keep going. Don't worry about it, and uh, we'll see you soon. I think that's just a classic example of failure and how to deal with it. You know, we've all had uh, struggles uh, with our musicianship where we've been put into situations where we feel like we're not quite qualified or we don't have all those necessary skills put together. I certainly know that I've been in that position uh, more than one time. And Keelan's approach was simply to um, accept the fact that he was struggling with reading music and to move on from that and to learn from that and to uh, work as hard as he could on that until he had that put together. You know, that feeling of embarrassment, of uh, of defeat, he didn't allow to overcome him. Instead, he channeled that in a healthy way and said, you know what, I'm not good enough at this. Uh, that was something that was missing for me in my education. And now I'm going to go for it and I'm going to take it head on. I, I can think of a number of things where I've chosen to take that route and in other cases where I haven't chosen to take that route. But I think Keelan took the best route. So make sure to face your challenges head on and defeat them. That's the lesson that I've learned from Keelan today. Be sure to visit Keelan Dimmick's website. That's keelandimmick.com, K-E-E-L-A-N-D-I-M-I-C-K.com. You're going to want to check out him and his music. Okay, the next guest I have on uh, is a great friend of mine. He is a jazz-trained pianist, but he's also... um, a professional at, at doing musicals and arranging and uh, just a fantastic pianist as well, uh, Brett Pontecorvo. Let's listen to what he has to say. Hey, all. I just wanted to take a second to share about a failure that made me a better musician. Um, when I was in college, one of our first jazz assignments was a 12-bar blues, and I don't actually even remember what head it was, but I went home and practiced it, and then I got into class and very eagerly wanted to show everybody all of the cool things that I had learned how to play over it, and um, 
you know, I got a little bit into the solo and the teacher stopped me and I had no idea why he stopped me. And, and he asked if I knew and I was like, no. And what had happened was, is I had gotten so locked up in what I wanted to do and what I wanted to play that I stopped listening to the band and I had completely sped up and uh, was like, you know, bars and bars ahead of a 12 bar blues form. And, you know, there were only 12 bars to get ahead on. So, um, anyway, yeah, that, that kind of clued me into something that was like, music is not just about playing, but that it's also about listening. And I was playing a show last night, um, was playing a singing in the rain, the musical, and I actually got lost. And instead of panicking and not knowing what to do, I just took a second and paused and listened to what the rest of the band was doing. And within a couple of bars, I was actually able to get myself back on. But, um, yeah, I guess that that's that's kind of my example of like making a mistake and and you know feeling a little embarrassed in front of people, but then eventually kind of taking that information and learning to listen and using that to make myself a better musician. You know, I really love this story because when it comes to jazz and and of course all other kinds of music, but especially jazz, listening is incredibly important. It's it's a social music. It's not about you or me it's about all of us that's what jazz is about that's how the best jazz music is created is by listening to each other and what brett learned is that if you're just hyper focused on you and what you want to play you're going to make everybody else sound bad in the process and i think it's a beautiful story how brett took this incredible embarrassment that happened to him i mean it sounds like this uh professor wasn't that kind to him in that moment uh and he took it and he and he, and he chose to make the best out of it. Um, but the big lesson and the big takeaway here is to listen, just to always be listening um, and how that's affected other areas of his musical life so well so that when he gets into a situation today where everybody makes mistakes in the moment, but he's able to just listen and get back on track again, that's an incredibly valuable musical lesson. It happens to all of us, no matter what skill level you are. So when in doubt, when in trouble, Use your ears and listen. That's uh, a great lesson from Brett today. Definitely go check out Brett's website. It's brettpontecorvo.com, another lengthy name. That's B-R-E-T-T-P-O-N-T-E-C-O-R-V-O.com, Brett Pontecorvo. All right, now our next guest on the show is Josiah Bernasian. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, Josiah has been on the show over about three times over the last year or so. Most notably, the, the most recent episode he's done is episode 45, Should I Go to College for Jazz? So be sure to go back to that show. And the reason I always have Josiah on is because uh, he's just a brilliant musical mind, a uh, great music educator. Um, he's just a, a brilliant musician. And he also um, writes for the Learn Jazz Standards blog, so you can always check out his articles there. Um, let's listen to what Josiah has to say. Early on in my musical development as a young jazz musician, I used to struggle with getting lost in the form of tunes that didn't adhere to the standard 32-bar AABA Great American Songbook standard-type jazz form. So anything that wasn't a blues or rhythm changes or a standard form, like Alone Together, for example, which has the uh, extra bars at the beginning of the tune, I used to get lost and I would be overly self-critical and frustrated and be down about my playing because I would get lost. So to overcome this problem, 
I just invested more time in really digging into the tunes that I was learning and internalizing them. So I would make sure that I knew the melody of a tune forwards and backwards in all 12 keys. I'd be able to play it at different tempos. I would learn it by ear, not out of a real book. And then I would do the same thing with the chord changes of a tune. I would learn how to play them in all 12 keys. I would arpeggiate chords and play uh, chords and scales over the form of a tune, you know, forwards and backwards, and, and really dig in to internalize the tune so that I could have the confidence to improvise over a tune and know that I'm not going to get lost. This, this just seems to piggyback a little bit off of, of Brett's, but also it, it ties into the theme from, from Keelan's failure, um, where Josiah's approach was he had a problem and he decided to face it head on and, and tackle it until he could master this problem he was having. But I think the big takeaway for me from Josiah's is that he practiced and dissected the problem like crazy. You heard what he said. He started taking things into all 12 keys. He would be able to play the melody forwards and backwards in different ways. And and that's really what practicing is all about. You know, practicing, it's like the laboratory. It's your opportunity to slow things down, to chop it up into little bits, to examine it, to analyze it from different angles and perspectives. And that's what Josiah did to conquer his problem is... He identified the problem and then just worked every single angle he could think because he didn't want to get embarrassed again. He didn't want to face that failure again. So practicing is a huge thing. We talk about that all the time on this podcast and on our blog. Practicing and, and how you can you know practice the best way to get the best results. And a lot of the stuff that Josiah just mentioned is incredibly valuable. So if you want to uh, conquer any problems that you're having, do what Josiah did. Try to approach it from every single angle and and almost overdo it, almost over-practice uh, the situation so that you don't find yourself failing again on that same issue. Now, make sure you go to Josiah's website. Man, a lot of crazy names to do today. So it's josiahbornasian.com, J-O-S-I-A-H-B-O-O-R-N-A-Z-I-A-N, josiahbornasian.com. He also sells a, an awesome ebook in the Learn Jazz Standard Store. It's called 20 Advanced Etudes for Solo Saxophone. Incredible book. So I'd definitely check that out. Go to learnjazzstandards.com slash store to download that ebook. Our next guest is a friend of mine, Mike Taylor, who uh, recently moved from New York City working as a professional musician to uh, back to his hometown of uh, Wellington, New Zealand, and he is now a professor at the New Zealand School of Music there. Let's hear from Mike Taylor. Hi, my name is Mike Taylor, and I'm a trumpet player. Trumpet players and jazz musicians in general, I find, have a real tendency to become quite neurotic. We spend hours and hours in the practice room by ourselves working on intricate little phrases. It's so easy to overthink things and get stuck in our heads, which can be unhelpful to our progress. Um, I remember one time I was working on a tonguing passage, and for weeks on end I was working on this. I was getting stuck. I was overthinking it, getting stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> it's so silly, but like at one point I was even rethinking my purpose of being a trumpet player to begin with, which is ridiculous. Um, but my solution for this is so easy. Uh, it took me so many years to figure it out, um, but it's three little words. It's clear your head. Just get out of the room, go take a walk, um, 
get some air, get a coffee. Um, maybe if it's a big issue in your playing, maybe you need to take a vacation and remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing and the purpose of being a creative musician on this planet. Um, so yeah, just clear your head. Um, helps so much. Two little books that helped me as well, The Inner Game of Tennis and The War of Art. Uh, both were extremely helpful, but honestly, the best advice I have is just to clear your head and and that helps so much in our tendency to overthink. I absolutely just love that. Those three words, clear your head. You know, we've all been in that same position as Mike, just getting overwhelmed and spending lots of time practicing things and just overthinking things uh, and getting frustrated and upset with where we're at, how we're doing in our music. And it can just kind of engulf us with uh, anxiety and worry about our playing and our musicianship. And at the end of the day, it's just that simple. We just need to clear our head. And, you know, I talk about this uh, actually a little bit more in in a recent episode, in in episode 48, uh, why you should stop practicing. And and that if you want to go back to the episode, I talk a little bit more about um, this being one of the reasons you might want to stop practicing is because you're just overwhelmed and you need to step back. And I know it's been true in my playing and in my life that when I take some days off or or even an afternoon off or, uh, you know, even to go as far as a week off, sometimes I come back feeling more refreshed and creative and, and clearer than ever and able to move past that roadblock I was at. So that's a uh, great advice from Mike Taylor, and be sure to go check out his website. In addition to being a phenomenal trumpet player, uh, Mike is also an incredible uh, singer-songwriter, and you can check out more of that kind of stuff um, at his website, michaeljamestaylor.com. A great musician, worth checking out that stuff. All right, now the next guest I'm going to have on, uh, I've had on the show multiple times as well throughout this last year of our podcast, and that is my good friend, drummer, professional jazz musician, Diego Maldonado, uh, one of my favorite players to play with and just a great soul. Uh, Let's hear what Diego has to say. Hello, guys. This is uh, Diego from New York City. Uh, Well, first, thanks, Brent, for having me on the show. Uh, This is a tough question. Uh, because through my career I've, I've faced so many setbacks and I've found so many weaknesses in my playing and personality. You know, I have struggled with so many things that it's, it's just really hard for me to just point one out. However, I would like to answer this question in a more general way and it's having a positive attitude, you know, an attitude in which we take all those negative things and make them positive, make them something that we can gain from. For me, every setback, every failure or weakness is an opportunity to learn something new and to improve. It's like a challenge that I need to figure out and, and overcome. So what I usually do is uh, I go out and do a lot of research. I look for inspiration and motivation. If it is something that is affecting my plane, I will try to figure out an exercise to, to, to improve and to, to overcome my, my problem. Uh, it's like find ways to teach yourself and, 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 and so you can improve whatever problem you're facing at the moment. So I guess having, having a positive attitude help you to change your, your perspective of a problem and, and find a positive side and, and go and find, find ways to, to solve your, 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 your problems, you know, uh, I think attitude is key to success and 
just having the right attitude is going to make your life so much easier. So there you have it. And thanks for having me and talk to you guys soon. Favorite takeaway from that is to have a good attitude. That attitude is the key to success, to stay positive. I mean, that's that's incredible advice. Uh, we all have so like like Diego. We we all experience so many failures in our music. And in fact, if you're not f- experiencing failures in your music, it means you're probably not improving. It means you're probably staying in the same place and staying too safe. Right? Uh, we need to go out there. And we need to challenge ourselves. And like he said, he looks at failures as a challenge, as as a way to uh, bridge the gap to get from point A to point B. And in order for those challenges, for those failures to not defeat us, to not uh, make us just hate our playing and and feel the sense of self-loathing, we need to stay positive. And we have to remember that attitude is the key to success. No one ever became a successful musician by being down on themselves all the time. No one became a better musician by constantly being frustrated or upset. You need to look at these challenges as as an opportunity to grow. And I think that's the greatest thing I got out of what Diego said is just to uh, embrace the failures, to embrace the struggle and and move forward. I just thought those were really good words uh, from Diego. And I hope you remember that the next time that you're frustrated with your playing, you you don't know why you're not uh, progressing. Maybe you you hate your playing. Maybe you you find yourself depressed a lot about your musicianship that you need to flip that switch and 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 take a positive outlook on this. Is is this really such a bad thing or is it really just a call to grow, a call to in, improve your playing and and to remember that it's it's all about the journey. Um so that's uh from Diego. Now if you want to check out uh more about Diego, go to his website. It's uh com. Uh, he also writes for the Learn Jazz Standards blog for drummers, uh, so you can go and check out his material there. He's doing a series right now on mastering the ride cymbal, so go to learnjazzstandards.com and search for that. All right, our next guest on the show has been on the LJS podcast before on an earlier episode, episode 13, where uh, me and him talk about the art of playing duo. So if you want to go listen to an earlier episode of the podcast that's LGS 13, The Art of Playing Duo. And this is uh, jazz bassist Wallace Stelzer, a good friend of mine. I play with him quite often here in New York City. Uh, so here is his take on his failure. So I think the, the biggest uh, musical hiccup I've had in my career uh, thus far, I suppose, uh, was a time a few years ago. I was in college and I was supposed to play a wedding gig with a friend of mine. It was actually going to be her friend's wedding. And she told me, you know, two or three months in advance. I marked it on my calendar. And I guess it gets to be about a week before the gig. And I'm, you know, practice the music. I'm ready to go. And it gets to be the day before. Um, and I'm just kind of doing my last minute uh, preparation, you know, thinking, okay, how am I going to get there, make sure I get everything uh, together and, get, you know, get my transportation all finalized, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, just like relaxed, just totally chilling, basically, making sure to just have everything ready for tomorrow. And then I get a, a phone call 
that night at about six o'clock or something and uh, saying, "Hey, are you almost here? Like, uh, you know, we're we're gonna start soon. We want to make sure that we're all ready to go and and everybody else is here." And uh, I just think, "Oh my God, no! I'm I'm still in my apartment in Harlem. There's no way I'm gonna be able to make it to the to the wedding before it's over." And uh, it turns out that some some way or another, I uh, I had put it in my calendar, both my wall calendar and my phone calendar, as just the next day, uh, the following day, and that never got resolved. Uh, nobody, I didn't realize it, nobody else realized it, and uh, I just, yeah, it felt absolutely horrible, missed the gig, uh, so that, hopefully, uh, that will never happen again, uh, really helped me get my organizational skills together, and uh, hopefully that will not happen to you. And if it does, hopefully it will not be for your friend's friend's wedding. So, yeah, lesson learned. I cringe when I listen to that story. Uh, just the idea of uh, missing a wedding gig, uh, missing someone else's wedding. Uh, just a a really great story, and and I I like this particular one from Wallace because it's really different from what everybody else has said so far. You know, it's more about uh, professionalism in music and just being organized and having your stuff together. It's uh, kind of music business 101 and just how he had to learn um, from from that mistake uh, to communicate better with, um, you know, those who he's hired for gigs and those who are hiring him for gigs and just all the other aspects that come together. Um, and you can apply that to more things that are, they're even outside of his issue, you know, just being prepared, uh, with the music that you need to know for a gig, uh, being on time to gig, showing up, uh, early and not stressing out other members of the band or the employers, uh, if you're going to be there on time or not, or, uh, any of those things, um, to just be professional. And I just love how Wallace, uh, took that, really bad, really big mistake and um, embarrassing and humiliating and obviously caused a lot of trouble. You know, I'm sure he never got called again from that person to play um, and just turn that into a habit changer of communicating better and staying more organized with his gigs. So that's a great one from Wallace, a little different from everything else that we've heard so far. To learn more about Wallace, make sure you check out his website. That's wallacestelzer.com. W-A-L-L-A-C-E-S-T-E-L-Z-E-R. That's wallacestelzer.com. Check him out. All right, this next guest that we're having on the show is uh, another friend of mine, another uh, pianist, and he lives out in Seattle, Washington, works as a professional out there. This is my friend, Sean Schlogel. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Brent. One thing I've definitely struggled with my entire musical journey and continuously try to get better at is getting out of my head while I'm playing. Um, definitely failed after many a gig and realized that, man, I was just not in the moment and uh, I was not serving the music. And uh, I don't think it's bad to be critically thinking to a certain extent while you're playing, uh, to be aware and to be um, analyzing however you, you do so and just making sure that uh, you're not being uh, oblivious. But the types of thoughts I'm talking about are are insecure thoughts and thoughts that lead to overplaying, to impress, or thoughts that shut your ears off because you're just focused so much on what you're doing. Um, and 
even if it sounds good on the outside, um, you know, there's this disconnect you can have between uh, what you're playing or what you're playing with others if you're just stuck in your headspace. And it's just not a good place to be. And it's a place where you can be serving yourself and not serving the music at all and really, uh, really detracting from it, really. Um, so, yeah, I've learned that when you can shut that off and get out of your own self and uh, be in the moment with others is when magic really happens. Um, and it can be very impressive in different ways that you just are connecting with someone else and it's, you find that communication is happening and uh, that this, this magic is being created. Um, but when you are stuck in your head and just not really caring uh, about um, others and generally what's going on, then yeah, you're going to be stuck um, trying to impress and just being insecure and not swinging or, or not feeling the groove. And uh, that's also when I find out that I make the most stupid mistakes because I'm just tediously overanalyzing um, every note and just the ability to be organic just shuts off. So yeah, that's the big musical thing that I definitely continue to work on. You know, with some of our guests here, we're, we're seeing a, a pattern, uh, you know, Mike Taylor and, and Brett uh, Pontecorvo with just overthinking and, and being inside your head, whether it's insecure thoughts or whether it's um, just self-indulgent playing where you're not uh, listening to the other players, uh, just overthinking about music and, and it just being a crippling experience. It can really hold you back. You know, um, Charlie Parker has this uh, famous uh, quote where, uh, in a sense, he's saying, uh, you know, you practice, practice, practice. And then eventually you just forget all about that and wail. You know, you just play. And that's the point we want to get to where we're not thinking so much. We're just playing and expressing musically. So thanks so much to uh, Sean for that. And if you want to check out some of his music, go to planetdad.bandcamp.com. That's P-L-A-N-I-T-D-A-D.bandcamp.com. Be sure to check out some of his music there. Okay, we got one more guest before I tell you my biggest musical failure. This guy has also been on the LGS podcast before, back on episode 20, How Studying Jazz Can Make You a Better Musician. This is my good friend, uh, bassist uh, Nathaniel Schroeder, um, just incredible musician, uh, spans multiple uh, he's not just a jazz musician. He also plays all kinds of other music, just has a lot of insight about music in general and just uh, how to play music. And he also uh, makes part of his living by writing for two popular YouTube channels, Minute Physics and Minute Earth. Uh, those are really big YouTube channels. Um, and so he writes the music for those channels. Uh, and here's his story. Hey, this is Nathaniel Schroeder. Um, I play electric bass and I compose music for Minute Physics and Minute Earth. Um, I would have to say my biggest, not my biggest, but the, the failure that I'm most self-conscious about definitely has to do with Minute Physics. Um, just a little background story. Initially, I was just doing walking bass lines on the acoustic bass for the channel. And as the channel grew, Henry, my boss, asked me to do more involved tracks. And eventually I started doing uh, electric guitar bass tracks, very ambient, kind of radiohead, spacious, open chord kind of vibe. And I did about five or six of them, and all of them were received really well. Um, he asked me to do one. This was probably my sixth or seventh. And at the time I was working with two really close friends of mine, um, and I asked them to 
help me with the track. Um, so I did what I normally did. I came up with a bunch of different sections, had them come over, we flushed it out together, and we created a track. And it, it was a beautiful track. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I wasn't I wasn't happy with it. It wasn't the playing, it wasn't the musicians, it wasn't the arrangement. It was just, it was just the composition. I didn't like it. It, it sounded cheesy to me, um, and it didn't really fit the vibe that I had been curating on the Minute Physics channel. So despite my gut reaction to the track, I still sent it to Henry and I made a music video for it. Um, so like you could see me and my two buddies playing it and because um, we just got Final Cut and we wanted to make videos and we were just testing things out. So um, yeah, we did that. So uh, within a week of us sending it to him, he put out the Minute Physics video and he put out the music video at the exact same time, but on a smaller channel. And uh, like I said, I should have trusted my like my gut because um, the comments, the YouTube comments were savage. They did not like the track at all. They just went in. They literally tore it apart. Um, I have actually one of them right here. It says, the background music is like that of a promotional advertisement for various local tourist destinations in a Midwestern town. I mean, that's, that's brutal. That's brutal. And they were right. Like it didn't work. It didn't work with the vibe that um, I had been I had been creating with the other tracks. So that was that was pretty brutal. Um, and uh, after that, Henry wanted me to kind of go back to doing just bass lines for about a year or two. And you know now I'm starting to do more electric stuff again, which is nice. Um, and uh, I guess the other part that rubs salt in the wound is. Uh, <laughs> the music video itself, the one on the second channel, has like thirty or forty thousand views. So if you Google my name and you or you YouTube my name, it's the first thing that comes up. So it's just like, yeah. So yeah, I guess I mean it's not really a failure. I just kind of, you know, didn't trust my gut and got beat up for the decision. And it just I still kind of beat myself up over it. Um, so there you have it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that story and uh, congratulations on a year's worth of podcast. I, I really like that story from Nathaniel. Uh, we've all been in that position before where we've uh, put out some music or, or done a performance um, or, or anything like that where we just weren't really happy with the result, but we still decided to put it out there anyways uh, and maybe regretted that decision later. But I think as, as jazz musicians, how we can apply this overarching concept to us is that we need to be analytical. We need to be reflective of ourselves and our music. Uh, we need to be asking the questions about where we need improvement and to be honest with ourselves. We don't uh, want to be putting ourselves in situations where we're not prepared uh, and we're not uh, ready to move on to uh, a challenge that's in front of us. You know, it's important not to be too hard on ourselves. It's important to um, be loving and accepting of our of ourselves and our playing and accepting for where we're at. But we also need to be listening to ourselves and asking ourselves the tough questions. How can we improve? And a lot of times we don't like to do that, do we? We like to uh, be lazy and, and accept uh, where we're at and, and the status quo. But as, as jazz musicians, we need to be challenging ourselves constantly. And I highly always suggest to uh, my students and anyone I talk to to record yourself, to record yourself playing, whether it's at a jam session or a gig, and listen back and, and, and ask yourself, what can I improve on? Not what did I suck at, you know, 
feel bad about yourself, but to listen back and say, where honestly do I need to improve that's holding me back from my my best form of potential, my best musical production, and really to analyze that. So really appreciate that from Nathaniel. Now, if you want to listen to any of the music that Nathaniel makes for uh, his channel or the, the channel that he works for, Minute Physics, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Dr. Schroeder. And that's last part is D-R-S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R. All right, now it's that time. All these great guests, I want to thank them so much for being vulnerable, for sharing their stories. And now it's my turn to tell you what my biggest musical failure was. Uh, you know, a, a while ago, last year sometime, I wrote a blog article on LearnJazzStandards.com, and it was called Why I Gave Up on Hating My Playing. And it got a lot of response. I got emails from people who said they uh, were brought to tears after reading it, that it uh, just struck a chord with them. And um, we're actually planning on on doing a future podcast episode um, really on this topic, um, which has to do with my musical failure like Diego, I've had a lot of musical failures uh, throughout my my time of being a musician and uh, and being a professional musician as well. Uh, and so it's hard to pinpoint um, just one, but there really is uh, an overarching theme with all of my musical failures, and that is that I've always been too hard on myself as a musician. Um, you know, when I first started playing jazz. Uh, I felt like I was slightly behind the eight ball because I joined a community of musicians that were um, already really deep into jazz. And I was really learning quickly because I was among them. They were all better than me. But because of that, I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. And uh, my personality has always been one to go the extra mile, to work really hard, uh, and to do whatever whatever I commit to. I take it very seriously. And so I took jazz very seriously and I practiced a lot, but I made some serious errors in doing so because when you take things too seriously, uh, you have the potential to be overly hard on yourself. And my classic mistake is that I judged myself and I compared my performances with others. And, and over and above that, I took my my self-worth, I defined my self-worth by the quality of my music. And, and that's a terrible mistake because we all know that as individuals, as human beings, we're worth so much more than just music. Uh, no one ever died over music. Uh, it's Music is a fun thing. It should be fun. And I think at some point, um, I lost sight of that. You know, when I was in college, I, I used to practice uh, a lot. I used to practice uh, many, many hours and... Um, I was very hard on myself, and and as a result of that, I I learned a lot. I I got better really fast. Um, and so there's positives from that. Um, but there's also this emotional aspect where I was constantly stressed and and anxious, and I would go to jam sessions having worked so hard in the practice room and just having these um out of bounds expectations for myself of how I should perform, and always looking at the best player in the room and uh trying to compare myself to that person, and. Over the years, it slowly broke me down, uh, and eventually, I started having panic attacks. And I, if you've ever had panic attacks before, um, it's it's not a lot of fun. You kind of feel like you don't have control over yourself or your emotions. You feel like you're almost uh, in the loony bin for a second. You you don't have any control, uh, and that's just from just being 
uh, overly stressed and taking things too seriously. And, and kind of around that point was the turning point for me where I realized music isn't fun anymore and I need to turn this around. You know, I, I, I play well and, I, and I'm a great musician and I love playing music, but there's this, this baggage that I have that I need to let go of. And as soon as I started letting go of that baggage, I can't tell you how much better music was for me. It was way more fun. I started performing even better. Uh, I, I really took playing music as a blessing, as something that I was blessed to be able to do uh, and and not make it into this stressful, terrible, pressuring thing that I had. And so I would encourage you, if that's you today, um, to try to reprogram your mind into remembering what you got into music for and not making that same mistake I made of, of being too hard on yourself to taking music too seriously because it can be really destructive. And I look forward to um, talking a lot more about that on a future uh, podcast episode. All right, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening to our birthday episode. Uh, It was a lot of fun for me to uh, put this episode together and just uh, hear from all of our guests. And I feel like I learned so much from today. Um, And if you'd like to share uh, any musical failures you've had and just uh, share with the community and we can all learn from each other, go to the show notes, go to learnjazzstandards.com podcast in the top menu and find this episode 52. We'd love to hear from you. This is a jazz community. And remember, if you want to give us a birthday gift today, um, go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. That really helps. Also, sign up for our newsletter. Go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter and become part of our jazz community. All right, we're not going anywhere. This podcast is going to keep going on. Thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Don't go anywhere. We're going to see you next week with episode 53. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.